Hello and welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversation. I am Jillian Landis, and I'm Marie Wallace, and we are your hosts today. everybody today we are going to be talking about confusing unconditional love with unconditional loyalty and this has been a huge topic for me that I've just really felt a lot more clarity about recently um, and and I think this is so pervasive I, I think for couples in general but also especially women um, you know, I have stayed way past the expiration date of many relationships, whether that be romantic or friendships or family. There's all sorts, even work relationships, I've stayed way past the expiration date because I've confused this idea of being unconditionally loving and me holding that value very dearly and then also being unconditionally loyal, which are definitely not the same thing. So the realization to me that I can love someone wholeheartedly and still not allow them in my space is a really freeing idea to me that aligns very much with my values. So I love um, hearing from Marie about this topic as well because you know, she is such a light in her relationship with her husband, Joe. And, um, and I love how, despite them being like such a powerhouse couple together, like, I love that they both talk about how if they were, you know, there's certain lines, if they were mistreated by each other, that that would not be okay. Uh So I really want to hear Marie's perspective on this as well. Uh, I think that it's really important to have those, we call them rules of engagement, just having some kind of boundary rules of how to interact with each other. And both of us have laid down certain things and some of it's been developed was right at the beginning of the relationship. These are certain ways of behavior that, that we will, we want to engage in. And these are behaviors that if it happens, you know, as much as we love each other, we we would probably let go of the relationship. And as loyal as we are, we love, love, love each other. There are certain things, but it what it does is it allows a lot of freedom to be able to move in and out of, of the relationship. Well, not out, but, but through the relationship and be able to navigate because you know clearly what the rules are and you know clearly what's okay, acceptable and not acceptable. And it feels comfortable and freeing versus uh, the the loyal part you know is but it also allows us to have the conversations that we need to have mm-hmm. when things aren't going the way that we would like so. yeah can you give me some examples of what would be something where you'd say absolutely hell no like <laughs> this won't happen in my space <laughs> we've talked about that um we have a few of those i I don't tolerate name calling and I don't tolerate um, yelling mm-hmm. and screaming. We're adults. We're grown up. As, as old as we are, we, we're past three years old, so we can probably have a conversation, which is so cool that we have Braveheart conversations because 
nothing gets accomplished when you're yelling and screaming. You just end up in defensive mode. You got your your fists up, ready to fight and engage that way. So if I find that when someone's yelling, I automatically shut down and I don't hear anything else. So that was really important to me. And uh, both of us have agreed that um, we won't tolerate infidelity because it, it just blurs too many lines. And that goes back to your loyalty thing, too. I love you dearly. Uh, I want you in my life, but I don't need you in my life, right? <laughs> so um, it, it just it makes it so much healthier when you know how to navigate that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And so I also have told him, please don't leave the conversation. Like um, you can leave it if you promise to come back to it. So mm-hmm. if he's upset or I'm upset and he's not ready to talk yet, mm-hmm. we have cave time. So that if if you're not, it, because sometimes our emotions get so overwhelming, we don't know how to handle them or yes. or work with them, and so we do need time. We've been together 24 years. We've figured that part out, and very rarely do we need cave time because we can figure out what the emotion is right away. But it just having that boundary of if I'm really upset, it's not productive anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Let's just move out and agree that we will come back to this. And usually it's within half an hour, a couple of hours. It's not like tomorrow because mm-hmm. then it just kind of sits and festers. And then we make up stories, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to nerd out for a minute. And I'd love a that. a little bit off topic. But kind no, of I love right it. In, in line with what you're talking about. Um, so I've been reading The Science of Trust by J- uh, John Gottman. Oh, um, cool. Oh, yeah. The, the marriage guy. Yeah. The Gottman Institute. Um, and so he's very scientific in, in the way he presents his information and the studies that he's done. And, um, so he talks about emotional flooding, um, that happens in couples argument, or it doesn't have to be in couples, but any kind of argument that we have, we actually have the same exact, uh, physiological response as if, you know, we're about to get into a car accident or something mm-hmm. like that, where our adrenaline peaks, our heart rate goes up. Um, our pupils dilate, or I'm not sure if it was the restrictor dilate, but um, we have the same like uh, fight or flight response, mm-hmm. and so we do actually shut down a part of our brain, um, and and our conversations are not productive. So, um, and then the other interesting thing is it takes 20 minutes for you to come back online. So um, mm, to that's be good able to, know. to say I'm emotionally flooded, and then there is no more conversation. Like there has to be that kind of mutual respect to say, you know, that nothing is personal here. I know I'm emotionally flooded. I'm leaving the conversation. I'll be back in yeah. 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever the case may be, but to be able to return, um, when my brain is fully engaged, like just knowing my physiological, you know, what's going on in my body is super helpful. Um, because many of us do just continue to fight and struggle beyond that point. And the studies show that like, you're only like deepening wounds and being, I mean, you're not, you're not getting anything done. It's not productive at all. And it, it also back to the, your fight or flight thing, it brings us back to those very basic, uh, fears that we have as a child. Mine was abandonment. And that's what I talked to him about is, you know, I have been abandoned and for me to not feel that, I just need to know you're coming back 
at some point. I am past, you know, five years old where I know that you'll be back at some point, but emotionally back. Yeah. Not just physically back. I want to, I, I, I'm so big about clearing this up because that's what grows our relationship. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it healthy and being able to thrive in a relationship instead of survive is being able to have those conversations. So yes, put your emotions on hold until you get, I like that emotional flooding. I wrote Mm -hmm. that down and being able to come back to it when I'm, and it gives me a chance to gather my thoughts and to really think about what has been said Mm -hmm. and um, be more effective in, in my engagement of conversation as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They also talked about ruminating and that like, if you take that 20 minutes and you're ruminating about what just happened, then that is actually worse for you in the, um, the conversation when you come back rather than if you do something like taking a walk or engaging in an activity where it's, it's peaceful and you're, you're taking a rest from that topic. So it was just, it was interesting. Taking a rest. I like that. Yeah. It was interesting to get that perspective, but anyway, that, that'll probably be really great on a podcast and we're talking about fighting and how to fight well. Um, but I do want to revisit the topic of, you know, just this idea of, feeling like I'm stuck in a relationship or a job or um, whatever whatever the situation is, that I'm stuck there because I feel that I have this obligation to be loving. Mm-hmm. And I cannot count the amount of times that I've been stuck in relationships like that, thinking that I can't abandon this person, I'm going to be betraying them if I leave, Um, And that can be a workplace, that can be a friendship, that can Mm -hmm. be a lover, romance, marriage. Um, Especially marriage or any of those that you've made that long-term promise or commitment. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so I've really had to dig in and get clear about marriage commitments. In fact, I'm working on writing, and this is probably going to sound really funny, but um, I'm working on writing whatever my future vows would be. Because um, I'm really getting some clarity about what a loving commitment is. And today, it does not resonate with me to make a commitment to someone that no matter how miserable I am or how miserable you are, I'm going to stay with you. Mm -hmm. That's not honoring Mm -hmm. to me or the other person. So it's really challenged my, my beliefs because I cannot predict how I'm going to change or someone else is going to change. And even though they may be the best and right fit for me today, it does not mean that they will be the best and right fit for me in five years or in Mm -hmm. 10 years or whatever number it is. They may grow apart. And the most loving thing I can do is to let that person go on their journey um, and appreciate and, and respect the time that they've spent with me. Um, so it's really challenged my, my views about what, what a healthy commitment is and how much of our marriage commitments have been based on fear Mm -hmm. and, you know, really wanting to make, um, make something that's really uncertain, certain and to Mm -hmm. pretend like there's a guarantee (laughs) yes and although that may make us feel warm and fuzzy in the moment it's really not um it's really not reality and then it puts us both in a really 
bad, like icky feeling predicament when that doesn't align anymore. Mm -hmm. So then I'm faced with this idea of I either am out of alignment because it doesn't feel good to break this commitment that really should have never been made or, Mm -hmm. um, to stay in something, honor, honor a commitment that was made on not very healthy grounds. Um, but then stay in something that really doesn't honor either of us. So, um, really, revising my ideas about what a fair and healthy commitment looks like. Well, something you we had talked about earlier was that mutual respect. That mutual respect for happiness for mm-hmm. both people as well. Because if we're both miserable, it's not to say that... I think the loyalty word that gets um, kind of squishy is when we've made that commitment and somehow we feel disloyal if it gets hard. There's a difference between something getting hard because of life circumstances and a continuous struggle because you're not in alignment together anymore. There's there's a big difference. So sometimes we go, oh, but I said I'm married forever, right? And And here comes along this big event. Like you said, we have no idea how we're going to navigate it, how how each one of us will change in that experience but some and so it's not what i'm trying to say is it's not it's okay to struggle mm-hmm. but it's not okay to have stay in that relationship when when it's just really more than a struggle it's more yes yeah, so, I mean, I, I think I hear what you're saying, that there are times where we hit rough patches in any, yeah, yeah, any friendship or um, relationship at all. And it's not roses all the time. No, <laughs> no, and so if our expert, expectation is that it's always going to be easy and, um, you know, that we're never going to have any conflict, well, that's pretty unrealistic, and actually, conflict really helps us grow in many exactly. ways. Um, I'm definitely not, uh, what's the word? averse to uh, difficult uh, or challenging situations, no. either individually or in relationships. Right. Um, I think that, you know, I often will choose really hard things because I know that I'll grow, grow through them. Um, but I do think, uh, actually, there was another coach that made the... Um, the comparison, like, like if I'm in a relationship where I'm a round peg and they're a square hole... Sometimes we get stuck in this idea that we, if we just work hard enough, yeah, we just we'll be square. <laughs> yeah, like I'll just shave off my my edges so that I'll fit in your square hole, and mm-hmm. like it, it just never really works mm-hmm. well, and it doesn't honor each other, and it doesn't actually do what a relationship is meant to do, which is to um, lift each other up, mm-hmm. right? It's to, to actually um, add and enhance someone's life, mm-hmm. not tear them down or become something that's toxic and and stressful and mm-hmm. um, bringing us down further. Um, so I think that the difference for me is are we facing a mutual like hump in the in the road that we just need to uh, work together to overcome? Um, are we both able to be open and willing to work on that and grow in that situation? Or is it that we have very different values? Because mm-hmm. this is what I see a lot. That's we have super. very different values. We want different things in life. You know, you you want kids. I don't want kids. I mm-hmm. want to live overseas. You want to live in the U.S. I mean, there's just... Yes. Like, there's a million of those. There's things that, like, they just don't fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about both people sacrificing what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because if you're you know 90 years old and you never did the things that you really wanted to mm-hmm. do and you're going to blame your partner for that that's that's pretty sad and unfair <laughs> and unfair yeah um i think you both probably would have been happier if you said you know this just isn't a good fit you're you're a good person i'm a good person it doesn't have to do with anybody being bad mm-hmm. or wrong it just has to do with we have very different things that we want in life mm-hmm. and and to me what is loving is to let that person go and do those things and be happy for them when they're happy. Yeah. And then also, you know, on the flip side, so often um, what I have done is, well, I will just stay quiet about what I need and I'll just do what you want to do. And then it creates the same kind of end result. Mm-hmm. So um, any way you cut it, when you are trying to ram that that, you, that um, round peg in that square hole, one person is going to end up feeling resentful. Exactly. You know, one person one person is going to feel like, you know, well, I didn't want kids and then I ended up with them. or Because you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, then the blame and the shame and all of that gets involved. Mm-hmm. I like the, the loyalty word. I... I'd like you to expand on that a little bit because I do think a lot of us think the right thing to do is stay in that relationship no matter what. And it is because of our, our loyalty mm-hmm. and wanting to keep a promise. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you know, what I would explore is, you know, the situations in my life where that became uh, an issue for me was where I could identify I am the right around peg trying to ram myself into a square hole and then telling myself that I'm somehow being loving and loyal by just staying here and trying to make it work and forcing it to work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the loyalty I'm talking about. That And is it really working? Right. It's <laughs> loyalty just for the sake of loyalty. Mm-hmm. And I get it because like... I obviously have a really strong value in my word, my commitment, Mm -hmm. which has kept me like stuck in a lot of relationships. Now I'm identifying that, wow, you know, I I get to look at my commitments and say, you know, at the time I was doing the best I could, but today I don't think I could make those commitments um, and and really feel that they're being honorable because they were misguided misguided commitments in the first place does that make Mm -hmm. sense it makes a lot of sense so I get to today look at the commitments I made and then be gracious with myself Mm -hmm. and say you know I was doing the best I could when I made that commitment but I've also learned that I have the ability to change my mind and own you know be responsible for you know um I know I made this commitment in the past and um, today that commitment really doesn't resonate with me and I'm going to release myself from that. I think grace is probably the biggest thing that we need to give ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like you said, doing the best that we could in the moment with what we had. Yeah. It, yep. It's hard to give ourselves grace sometimes. So hard. <laughs> and then, you know, to me, the way that I get to make amends for that is I get to learn from those commitments and not continue to make the same pattern and same mistake over. So today, (laughs) I get to make commitments in my relationships, like what I said earlier, that I will love you fully right now. And when and if the time comes that our relationship is no longer a fit, I will honor you and myself enough 
to let you go. And I will love you through that, and that won't be a hateful experience. Um, but I don't, I don't, I'm not obligated to have someone in my space forever. Mm-hmm. There are times where it is the most loving and honorable thing I can do to let that person go. There are seasons in all those relationships, and there are reasons that they were in your life for the time that they were. And I also wanted to um, talk about the letting go. Letting go doesn't mean permanent. I'm never going to talk to you again. Mm -hmm. You're totally cut out of my life, and it's a hard, rigid (laughs) thing. It's just slowly just going your separate ways. It doesn't mean that you can't stay in touch and just still check in. And and some people don't want that check-in. I mean, and you'll, I'd honor that as well, but, but letting go doesn't mean it has to be something hard or rigid or will it be painful? It all, breaking a relationship is always painful. It, it, it's just, um, anyway, I just wanted it to be people to understand letting go doesn't mean it's, it's a forever. I'm never going to talk to you again mm-hmm. either. Well, and there's all sorts of... um, Levels. Yeah, variables too. Like what we're talking about right now would be, I would label that detachment, you know, being able to detach from love. And, um, you know, for me, detachment has sometimes looked like, you know, I'm not going to be a part of this conversation right now. Or maybe I don't want you in my space at my home, but I'm Mm -hmm. willing to meet you for coffee or in a public Mm -hmm. place. Um, you know, I have different levels of, you know, me too. Yeah. So I've had, you know, you've, you've gained trustworthiness to be in in this area of my life, but my trust is not unconditional. Exactly. It is absolutely not. Um, my trust is conditional. We've talked about that too. I think that what's a boundary you have to have for the relationship to be healthy. Yeah. So, you know, my, um, my choice to have that person in my space more or less is going to depend on what level of trust I feel for them. And not only that, but I think we've all had people that we just don't, um, we just don't resonate with who they are. Um, and, and to give myself permission to say like, I don't think I, I want to spend time with you and not to have to really come up with a reason why. That's just an acceptable answer. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so that's been another piece of this that has been a challenge for me is to feel that I'm obligated to say why I don't want someone in my space. I really don't have to. I get to just say I, I, I'm not feeling having you in my space and I want to create space for somebody else. Yeah. That's not easy to do. <laughs> no. no, it's super hard. Um, I, I think we live in a culture where um, there is some explanation that's wanted a lot of the time, and people do get pretty um, offended when you set those time boundaries. Um, it's, it's interesting because I've learned for a long time about boundaries. I've taught a lot about boundaries and I've really tightened up boundaries as far as like physical resources go, you know, not giving away money or, you know, material things. I've learned to, um, 
not give those things away unless it's truly a gift. (laughs) And now I'm really getting very clear about time boundaries and letting people go and, um, and protecting that space. And it's so funny because to me, it's so much harder. It has been so much harder than the material things because people are very entitled (laughs) regarding my time. Mm -hmm. Um, I have literally had people, uh, threaten to commit suicide or, um, harm themselves or other people or (laughs) because, because I decide, yeah, because I decide to limit my time with someone or because I say I want to spend time by myself. And I've, I've probably come against some of the most hateful, um, accusations, Mm-hmm. because of simply wanting to restrict my time. I have to, and it, it's painful because you really don't want to harm someone that way, but it's also a good decision. You know it's a good decision when they're coming back at you with those accusations. You're going, wow, I knew I didn't want that in my space for a reason, and thank you for showing me that that validates why you're not in my space. And as sad as it may be, it, it's their journey. They have their own journey, and I have mine. And mm-hmm. and I, that's all I have control over is what what's going on in my space. And whether they can understand my yeah. boundaries or not, whether they can understand why I want to have them in my space or not, or limit that time, um, it, it's okay. I can I can understand without needing to be understood. That's it's so hard, but that is. <laughs> That's, that's possible, and I'm the only one that needs to understand my boundaries. Um, and letting go of them needing to understand where I'm coming from is, is super key. Um, we talked about that, too. It's none of our business. <laughs> it is. It's none, of, it's none of our business. I can let that person go even if they, they don't perceive that as loving. And they don't get it. Yeah. Right. But to me... Um, allowing someone to stay in my space and simply tolerating them, even though I'm miserable or we're both miserable, um, simply because it's the most loyal thing to do, um, really does not align with me being loving at all. Or integrity to self. Mm-hmm. Right? And honesty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the most honest and loving thing I can do is to stay aligned with those feelings. I have those feelings for a reason, you know, that I want to be more with that person or less with that person or with that work, that job. You know, how many of us stay in jobs that we're, we feel stuck because we have loyalty to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I know lots of people. (laughs) And we're not serving that company or ourselves by staying. Mm -mm. So this applies in all sorts of situations. It comes down to trusting your gut, trusting your intuition that um, whatever you're wanting more or less of, like there's no mistake in that feeling. Nope. Never. Simply forcing yourself to be loyal is not the most loving thing (laughs) you could do. Agreed. Not in alignment either. Yeah. Anything, any more thoughts you have about love or loyalty and how they conflict? (laughs) No, I think this has been a great conversation. I I really like that we talked about this because there's a lot of times where we're in those relationships and and it it's a it's a soul battle almost when and it's really a conflict of our values, 
right? Yes. It's a conflict of our loyalty versus our trust versus, yeah, so it's a, it's a conflict with our, our values as well. Yeah, I agree. We all know when we're not aligned. (laughs) And that's when all that icky resentment comes in too. And we are not the best version of ourselves in those relationships because we know, we know we're being dishonest and we know that our soul doesn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. It's a chance to grow and learn and face it head on. I think that's the best thing about all of that is taking the time to process it and look at it with an honest uh, eye allows us to have the relationships that we really, really want in our lives and to have that most loving, kind relationship and and be happy. Mm -hmm. Both people are happy. Because it's, like you said, the most honest, loving thing I can do is letting someone go where it's not in alignment because they're really miserable too. Yes, agree. <laughs> they may not, they may not see that right now. And uh, to be in a relationship, just to have a relationship, doesn't feel good either. It's not a good reason. No, <laughs> it's not good reason. No, but I love that you touched on that. That when we do let let people go, even if they're fighting it. Um, we are releasing them to really find a better match for them mm-hmm. and to fill our own space with people who resonate more with where we're at now. Knowing that that might be temporary too. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> the not knowing sometimes is the hardest part. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's, it's time to let people, let people go where it's natural for them to go and to invite and new people that resonate fully with us. I think one of the things I've um, done in, in coaching is the part where you, because some people have a hard time saying it's okay for themselves. So we just frame it in that you might be holding someone else back. Yep. So. Yes, it truly is. <laughs> Even though they may argue with you adamantly, it truly is the most loving thing you can do for them also. Great. And I've watched that unfold multiple times, you know. I've faced fears where I really thought, I really thought, you know, that somebody I loved, when I let them go, that they were going to go to jail, that they were going to commit suicide, that they were going to end up in a psych hospital. And guess what? Like every single one of those things did happen. They went to jail. They attempted suicide. They went to psych hospitals. And, and... Two years later-ish, you know, they were working, you know, working a job that they loved and um, were financially successful and happy. And and I've watched these sort of scenarios over and over and I'm terrified to let someone go and they fight it. But then, then I watch the miracle unfold as I mm-hmm. get out of the way. That's a perfect way to say it because it's so true. We get in our own way Mm -hmm. and we don't allow the miracle to unfold. That there's something bigger and greater because the fear sometimes just petrifies us and holds us in place. And and there's so much more out there. Yes. I believe in miracles. Me too. I've watched many. (laughs) I have too. All right. Well, do you have anything more to say about love and loyalty? I think, I think that about concludes what we have to say yeah. today. Um, if you would like to contribute to the conversation about um, love versus loyalty, how they aren't always the same thing, 
um, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear your stories or your concerns or the challenges that you are facing in your life. You can reach out to Marie at, at mariesgold.com. And you can reach out to me at defytheaverage at gmail.com. Or you can find my website at boiselifecoach.com. With that, I hope you all have a great day and we will visit with you next week. We will. Take care.